From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to explore the next evolutionary steps for the back office software and onboard technology that trucking companies use to manage their operations. It's clear that significant changes are on the horizon for technology in this industry. Moving forward, developers of fleet management software are focusing on how to transform big data into actionable intelligence through the use of analytics and machine learning. And another significant milestone for in-cab technology is right around the corner with the full implementation of the federal ELD mandate on December 16th. But how can fleets take advantage of the latest software advances and manage the final push to ELD compliance? We'll set out to answer that question in this episode. To gain a better understanding of where the industry is headed, I recently sat down with a pair of executives at Trimble during the company's 2019 Insight User Conference and Expo in Houston. Later in the program, we'll hear more about the ELD transition from Alicia Jarosh, Vice President of Customer Experience for North America. But first, we'll examine the roadmap for fleet management software with Chief Technology Officer Mark Botticelli. Let's play that interview now. We're here in Houston at Trimble's 2019 Insight User Conference, and I'm very excited to bring in Mark Botticelli. He's the Chief Technology Officer at Trimble Transportation. And uh, Mark, this is always a big event on the calendar. Trimble has acquired so many pieces of the technology sector in transportation. Uh, so this is always one that uh, we can certainly never miss. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, you bet, Seth. Thank you. Now, Trimble, as I mentioned, has acquired several huge players in the trucking technology space over the past several years, you know, starting with PeopleNet and followed quite quickly by TMW Systems, ALK Technologies, and two years ago, 10.4 Systems as well. So over the past year, you guys have been making a concerted effort to really unite those properties, to combine your uh, capabilities and, and really add value that way. So can you take us through some of the steps you've been going through and, and what you've been developing, you know, and bring it all together with the Trimble brand? Yeah, sure. Well, you're exactly right. I think the acquisitions that we have made were very strategic uh, puzzle pieces uh, to what we're building. And uh, recently, we kind of took a step back and, and recognized that we needed to uh, more uh, tightly integrate these systems to uh, deliver more value uh, to our customers. So, you know, as announced yesterday on stage, we uh, built this platform so that we could integrate uh, all of that capability, you know, right from the user experience down to how we integrate through our APIs. Sure. And of course, it's also important to note that Trimble continues to integrate with other major technology vendors, you know, even when you know, they may be direct competitors for part of your portfolio, but they're also integration partners for others. So from your perspective as a CTO, how do you balance that desire to really build something special with all the parts that you've assembled while still supporting those customers who also integrate with outside vendors? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Actually, um, you know, because we do own visibility, because we own a TMS and fleet management, we actually integrate with the world. So uh, we, we encourage uh, the world to really join into this platform. We do want to facilitate and orchestrate all of those transactions across those systems, whether they're competitive or not. Um, we, in the future, we may be orchestrating a TMS that we don't own with a fleet management system that we don't own, uh, but we are bringing value in that transaction set. Sure. Now, there's been a lot of conversation here at this conference uh, about collaboration and really the opportunity for more collaboration between uh, carriers and shippers and, uh, and how they share data. 
you know, how do you really make that a reality and, and what is the opportunity there to improve the industry? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, to that point, uh, when everyone is connected to our new ecosystem, we have the ability to share that data uh, more easily because uh, we'll have all the connectivity. And one of the uh, reasons why we created the trust center so that we could give control back to the carriers or the shippers on how that data is shared for how long uh, and what data elements they're actually sharing. Sure. And uh, to your point on the uh, trust center, you know, data privacy, data security has been a big focus, you know, not just in transportation, but really everywhere in the technology world. Uh, It's becoming more and more important for carriers. They're very concerned about cybersecurity uh, and they're also concerned about how they're sharing data. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about this trust center. Why was this a necessary step? How will it work? And how will this really give carriers, you know, some of your customers, control over how they're actually sharing data with their shipper customers and other partners in the supply chain? Sure. Well, you know, we listened to our customer base, and, and one of their concerns was they had integration fatigue. For example, when, uh, you know, they might have a 1,000 shippers, uh, those shippers may have uh, created relationships with five or six visibility providers. So now, uh, as a customer, um, of ours, that carrier has to integrate to all of those five visibility providers. What our platform aims to do is connect to that TMS one time, and then we will orchestrate the movement of that data to, to the visibility providers, as well as we put the trust center in the middle so that that carrier really has control over what data goes to what visibility provider. Sure. And as we talk about data management, you know, I think it's always kind of good to, to look at the big picture. You know, the industry is, is now just capturing so much data on so many details of, of fleet operations. And that's been a part of the conversation for a long time now. Uh, but it seems that the challenge now is just finding ways to actually utilize that information to the fullest. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, what, what are the next steps for this industry to, to really begin to take full advantage of all the information that's at our fingertips, but maybe we just need a way to sift through it and really make it actionable? Right. Well, you know, the fact is all of those transactions or that data along with that transaction will go through our ecosystem. Uh, and really, if our customers opt in uh, and share that de-identified data, we have the ability to aggregate that and uh, using machine learning or uh, deep learning, be able to uh, dig out uh, market insights and provide that value back to them. Transport topics in one word. Authoritative. Knowledge. Outstanding. Reliable. We ask Transport Topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. Speaking of AI and machine learning, you know, this has been a you know, hot topic, of course, yeah. for a number of years. And especially now, you know, in, in broader uh, software development, you know, it seems to be you know, one of the main pillars of how uh, software will be developed in the future. Can you give us a couple more examples of how uh, you're using AI and machine learning at Trimble to drive your product development? Yeah, I think we use it in, in a lot of different places, uh, including at the edge in our telematics boxes. But in, in the platform, uh, we use it for uh, really detecting uh, uh, faults in trucks, like using machine learning, we can see anomalies 
uh, in a lot of the engine data and make predictions about uh, when that truck is going to be uh, coming off the road to be uh, repaired. We're trying to uh, get a truck to do a $40 fix and not a $4,000 fix and uh, while keeping high uptime. And I think the other thing that we do is we have our uh, dispatch uh, uh, assistant, which really allows us to uh, move loads more optimal, optimally. And machine learning is at the heart of, do, of, do, of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Mark, one of the other uh, topics that uh, really came up at the show thus far is, you know, the idea that most of the challenges around uh, uh, efficiency really kind of come back to resource utilization in you know, one facet or another, whether it's, you know, driver's hours of service limits, and of course, freight hauling capacity. Uh, these are all uh, finite resources that fleets really need to make the most of. Uh, just how do you approach that and, and what are your thoughts on you know, these, these problems that need to be solved for the industry? How do you uh, address all these facets of really kind of maximizing the, all these resources? Sure. Well, again, um, with our new ecosystem and the fact that we have data from our ELD systems, data from our TMSs, data from visibility, from fleet management. We really are uniquely positioned to aggregate that data and to make predictions on how best to move that load uh, in the most efficient way possible, uh, while at the same time making sure that we're not overworking drivers or we're not putting them at the risk of churning out of the company. Uh, and we're making sure that we're, we're mo moving loads uh, that are within the ELD mandate. So, Mark, I also want to talk uh, about blockchain a little bit. You know, obviously, the, the hype cycle for blockchain has subsided a bit at this point, but uh, there's still, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how it could be applied to transportation. There's a lot of thoughts about how it could come into play in the future. And Trimble's been a part of the Blockchain and Transport Alliance, starting to develop standards uh, for this uh, when it is ready for the industry. Uh, what are your current thoughts about blockchain's potential for this industry today and in the future? Yeah, well, I think. Uh, blockchain addresses a lot of problems. Um, it's a really good solution for privacy uh, and security. We have been thought leaders with blockchain and we will continue to be uh, thought leaders. But at the moment, the industry is API led uh, and we need to integrate uh, with our partners, our customers. And the best way to do that is through well thought out APIs. With that said, our, pl our platform will support blockchain. Uh, but it really doesn't need to be known by the customer what is under the covers that's managing security um, of their data. So uh, over time, we will support it. All right. And then just a final question before I let you go, Mark. Uh, I'd always like to end on the, the crystal ball question on you know, your thoughts on where this industry is headed. You know, you, you spoke about this uh, yesterday, but you know, just, just where do you see transportation truly changing in the, in the next five years, 10 years? Uh, especially through the use of data analytics and some of the next level technology that we've been discussing? Mm -hmm. Well, I think our customers are demanding more. Um, and, you know, Trimble, again, what we try to do is transform the way the world works. So what we're trying to do with this new ecosystem is really get those connections to the shippers, get them uh, with, with all the carriers and the visibility providers so that we can really optimize uh, the movement of freight through the entire supply chain, whether it's coming... Uh, on rail or within containers on shipping uh, cargo, we really want to optimize and give visibility uh, into that. So I think that's the big shift is that our customers are demanding more. They want to know where their freight is along that entire supply chain. 
Well, this will certainly be fun to watch as you guys continue to roll out new products down the line. Uh, always interesting to, to see what you guys have uh, to show us at these shows and already looking forward to uh, next year. So thanks for joining us, Mark. We Great. really appreciate your insights. Yep, thank you, Seth. 10 everyday uses of transport topics on Alexa. One, while you get ready for work in the morning. Two, while you cook breakfast. Three, while you eat breakfast. Four, while you drive to work. Five, while you're at work. Six, while you eat your lunch. Seven, while you're driving home. Eight, while you cook dinner. Nine, while you eat dinner. 10, while, well, let's face it, it's one minute with today's biggest industry headlines. The listening options are endless, so why be confined to 10? Simply say, okay, Google, talk to Transport Topics. We're here at Trimble's 2019 Insight User Conference in Houston, and next up, I'm pleased to welcome Alicia Jarosh. She's the Vice President of Customer Experience for Trimble Transportation. Thank you very much for joining the program. Thanks, Seth. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so let's talk about the full implementation of the federal electronic logging device mandate. You know, the federal ELD mandate, of course, went into effect back in December of 2017, but it included this two-year grandfather period for fleets that were using older e-log systems that are classified as AOBRDs, automatic onboard recording devices. Uh, lots of alphabet soup there, uh, but these are the, the older systems that uh, early adopters have been using for, in some cases, for many years. Uh, but that exemption is going to expire on December 16th, uh, which is right around the corner. And that means AOBRD users will need to make this switch to ELD software very soon. Here we are in mid-September. You know, where are you at Trimble in this process of helping your customers make that migration to full ELDs? Um, it's, a, it's a good question. We have customers who are at all kinds of different places in terms of their migration to ELD. Um, most large fleets and, and large mid-sized fleets that we work with, we've been engaged in conversations with them um, since really the, well, I mean, it all started in, you know, 2017 kind of time frame, end of 2017. Um, but in terms of, of actual tactical steps required to complete a migration and to be ready for it, including things like um, moving of the technology and the integrations to the training of end users, um, to understanding the policy implications, we started that process with large customers much earlier this year. So they have an executable plan. There are things that have to occur before a fleet can migrate over, including updating software. So we're going through that process right now. Um, those fleets tend to have project plans that they're managing against, and um, they're, they're looking to migrate as quickly as they can. Most fleets want to do it in a really condensed period of time. They don't want to have it drag out for a long time. Sure. And I think you mentioned uh, yesterday morning that about 80% of your customers have actually begun the migration. Uh, is that about right? And, and where does that leave the, the remaining 20%? Uh, what will it take to, to kind of get that last segment uh, on board and really engaged in the process? Well, hopefully more podcasts with transport topics. <laughs> <laughs> but traditionally, um, what, what, we're, what we're finding is that the, the remaining 20% uh, tend to be made up of smaller fleets. Um, potentially a lot of uh, small business people, owner operators, um, maybe having made the assumption that they're already uh, an ELD status. Um, so I think that we've done a lot of outreach to customers. Um, we, we did build a migration team to help customers um, once they began to go through the process, but we used them initially to do a lot of outreach and help people understand. So this last 20% we're capturing through social media, targeted campaigns, phone calls, relationship management. Uh, we really want to make sure that we are 
um, as on point as we can be with with their migration. I think the the last and final stage is there's a back office interface that we offer to customers and we will begin turning on kind of a countdown clock for them. Uh, so they have a visual cue to understand that, that there are some actions that need to be taken. Sure. And this is a, a process that, that most of your customers will still need to go through, right? I mean, is it fair to say that the majority of your customers at Trimble uh, using your telematic systems and their cabs you know, have continued to use AOBRDs over the past couple of years during this transition stage? What's the breakdown between those who move to ELD immediately back in, you know, say, you know, the end of 2017 into 2018 versus those who are waiting until right about now to, to really make the change? The vast majority of customers are waiting until now to make the change. There's a lot of reasons for it. I, I think, you know, m- more than anything, um, ELD is, is less friendly than AOBRD. Um, so people were going to make that change, um, not before they were ready to. Um, the secondary piece is that we've worked really closely with customers and there are some different ways to interpret it. So we've been very close partnership with customers and we've made changes to the software and we've been very um, good, I guess, um, observers of what customers want to see as we go down this path. Yeah, and at the general session yesterday, you talked about your support team, you know, as this team of ELD Jedis who are working to help these customers through this transition. There's a lot of detail to stay on top of. There's all these, uh, it's just a lot of information and, and changes to your, your policies and your business procedures. Uh, so just tell me a little bit more about the work that they've been doing to help your fleet customers through this process of, of making the migration. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think I call them ELD Jedi is what they ultimately are, the, really these personal guides to help customers through the migration process. There's so many elements um, of planning that occur before you migrate to ELD, and it all happens well before you ever train drivers. Um, so we have built a wealth of materials and, and um, insights and guides for customers, but you know, unless you connect what a fleet needs based on what we know of them as their partner, um, it, it loses context and value. So the ELD guides have been out there making phone calls, and now they're more on the reactive side, working with customers that we're engaged with, setting up a project plan, setting up a kickoff, helping them understand the data elements, the fact that data itself needs to be cleaned up, that things have to be mapped well, um, and then guiding them along in some good process things like pilot terminals and how they train and things that we can offer to them. Um, I can tell you that at Insight this year, um, I've gotten such great feedback from customers about this team. I've actually had customers seek me out to thank us for this because if you're a fleet, there's a lot of really unknown things and it's a very overwhelming process. And people really, I think, appreciate the opportunity to have someone say, let's break this down. And instead of looking at this as something that has to be done all right now, we can process, we can put this into a process and make it achievable. Sure. And of course, there's a, a technology element to this process. You know, you're updating software to comply with the regulation, but you know, there's also this, this massive training and, and management element uh, that you, you have been discussing you know, because the ELD rule sets are different uh, compared with uh, AOBRD. Uh, so where do you see is, you know, the, the greatest challenge? You know, is it in the technology side or is it more on, on training drivers and back office workers and having a plan? You know, where's the true challenge? Um, the technology side is certainly a piece of it because we have to touch vehicles and update the update the software. Um, so that's one component of it. Um, it would be nice if we were working with vehicles that all came back to one location. Oftentimes that isn't. They're traveling across North America and they're traveling through different kinds of you know um, coverage. That's actually not the hardest part, and really neither is the training because in the end, it's once you decide how you're going to do a thing, you can build a training plan for that. 
what I think and what we're finding is the biggest challenges that fleets face are how are we going to manage some of the policy changes that are different between AOBRD to ELD. So the you know we we are we're helping them with the technical side of this and we're asking them questions along the way so that when they have to determine how they're going to manage editing ELD records um, that they're prepared for making decisions like that. Yeah, earlier you, you mentioned you know this this process or this uh, approach of setting up a pilot terminal to you know help a fleet prepare for a broader uh, rollout of uh, ELD and, and making the switch. You know, how does that work? You know, how how would you go about setting up a, a pilot terminal as a way to uh, to really do this uh, in a smooth manner? Absolutely, a lot of a lot of uh, carriers are focusing in on a location. Um, but prior to going all in with a location, they may choose a pilot group of drivers that they're working with. Um, the purpose is not really to um, work with the drivers and understand what, you know, what their process is going to be through this. It's really more about how the back office is going to respond to some of the changes. How are we going to handle certain questions? What do we do if a driver um, doesn't accept an edit? What do we do if there's unassigned driving time? Um, how are we going to manage it when drivers want to use their vehicles while they're off duty? Um, all of these questions exist in the new regulations. So the pilot is really the opportunity for you to go through this, identify the time involved with this, make sure that you have the right training materials in place for your field people and also your back office people. And then once you go through that process, it's really our recommendation to just hit it hard and use the momentum and go all in on the migration of drivers and technology. Sure. Well, it's good to hear at least uh, the majority of you know, your customers at Trimble are very much engaged in this process and are you know, well underway in getting through it. Uh, but what's your advice to those uh, AOBRD fleets out there that haven't begun yet? You know, where should they start? What should they do right now? Um, don't wait. Start now. And don't back into 12-16. There's a period of time that you need to leave to yourself as a, as a carrier to manage vehicles that are not easy to get back in, um, things that you can't maybe get updated over the air. Um, give yourself enough time to be able to plan for those kinds of outliers. Yeah, have a cushion. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the, the pitfalls that you've seen thus far you know, for converting to uh, ELDs? I mean, have you seen any you know, common issues that tend to, to come up and, and tend to be problem areas? It's a good question. You know, I think the biggest challenge that we've seen is when customers try to go through the migration process themselves without working with us directly. Um, it, it's not the most intuitive process. There's a lot of technical steps involved with it. So we really just ask them to work with us and we can walk them through it and avoid all different kinds of frustration. And it's also pretty sequential. So you have to do certain things in, in the right order to make sure that you're successful. And when we've seen customers become frustrated is when they try to migrate a mini group of, of vehicles or drivers and they've, you know, it hasn't gone well. It's, it's very easy to correct. We just want to be there to kind of help walk them through the right steps. Sure. Well, I'm going to end here on a uh, prediction I'll ask you to, to make. Uh, come December, is this going to be a disruptive event for the trucking industry? Or do you think that the uh, fleets out there by and large will be ready for this and prepared? This is a community of people that cares deeply about being safe and maintaining compliance. I believe it's going to be a chaotic time, but I do believe that we'll remain compliant once we hit December 16th. All right. Well, we'll hope you're right and we'll be watching closely. And uh, thanks again for uh, these insights. It's uh, very helpful for uh, I think many fleets out there that are they're still trying to uh, wrap their minds about uh, around how to, to do this well and, and 
see it through to the end. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much. When a Transport Topics reporter sits down to write a breaking news story, he or she knows that every word, every quote, every image matters. Across TT's more than 80-year history, some of the best journalists in transportation have dedicated themselves to getting the stories that this very large, very fast-moving industry needs to read, with new media channels and programs that allow us to extend our reach and tell even more great trucking stories. Web, print, video, podcasting, all part of our repertoire, all part of our craft. Before we close, let's take a moment to reconsider our original question. How can fleets take advantage of the latest software advances and manage the final push to ELD compliance? As we've discussed, fleet executives at modern trucking operations increasingly find themselves swimming in a sea of data. But moving forward, companies will find opportunities to more fully utilize that information in a way that's truly driving business decisions. Software developers are moving in that direction with data analytics and machine learning, and it will be up to fleets to find the best ways to utilize it in their operations. Meanwhile, time is running short to complete the migration from AOBRDs to ELDs. One of the keys to a smooth transition is providing sufficient training for drivers and back office personnel. Updating company policies to reflect the ELD rule is another important step. By harnessing the latest advances in technology, fleets will be in a much better position to ensure regulatory compliance and stay ahead of the curve in a rapidly changing industry. We'll continue the conversation about trucking technology in future episodes of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening. 